Welcome to Catatonia, a cultural podcast about Puerto Rico, trauma, and unscrewing ourselves out of post-hurricane shock. My name is Huasca Robles, and I'm recording from Harlem, New York. Welcome, welcome. So another episode of Catatonia. With today, we're discussing the um, second half of Joseph Rodriguez' interview. Uh, the photographer, the seasoned photographer who has gone to Puerto Rico several times, creating an archive of Puerto Rico's history in a way that it remains not only in our memory, but becomes a historical document to tell the world what's happening in Puerto Rico and how Puerto Rico has been treated and how it's uh, developing after Hurricane Maria. Um, a few items before we switch in the interview. So, It's been a lot happening in Puerto Rico, and uh, one of the things is that, you know, Puerto Rico has gone into overdrive, and the big topic is the new Puerto Rico. What does the new Puerto Rico look like? Uh, the governor announced that the uh, agency, the power authority, would be privatized. There's an overhaul of the education system, and... There is word that uh, billionaires um, made wealthy by the cryptocurrency uh, boom are going to Puerto Rico to begin a, um, a city or some sort of initiative. There's a conference in March in which the governor will participate and uh, Bitcoin experts will uh, elucidate on this topic. So what does Puerto Rico look like? Does it look like technology? Does it look like advancement? Does it look like energy improvement? I just haven't heard a lot about culture. What does culture look like in Puerto Rico? What does art look like in Puerto Rico post-Maria? And that's something I would like to discuss later with you guys. Um, I would also like to discuss all of these topics, especially the cryptocurrency boom in Puerto Rico, how is that going to influence our economy, and how is that going to influence the way that we think about us as a postmodernist colony. But for now, let's focus on Joseph Rodriguez and his plan to make an archive of Puerto Rico's history when we come back. photos of people singing and dancing. I want you to tell me about that other aspect that was not shown on the media of actually people dealing with trauma, with culture, with music, with dancing. There's a photo there you have with a guitar player, a woman, and a little kid in a wheelchair. And there's, this is in, I think it's in Caguas, people are all smiling. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I mean, that's the spirit of our people. You know, we, we come from pain and suffering for centuries. I mean, and so music is, is, is in our DNA, okay? And we know so we that music, exactly. So music, and the clave is, is, is the essential to, to keep us going. It's, I see our music, listen folks, I don't have to take volume because I have good music. <laughs> 
Okay, we have our music, which tends to, you know, it just opens up. You and I covered the, the Sasa conference a couple of years ago, and, and right. the beauty of that, right. of we being did. in the in the stadium and watching There's young so and old. And here's the thing about us: we don't let our cultural history history with music disappear. Not like a lot of younger younger folks in the world today, they kind of like, they forget where they come from and just try to create some new electronic type music. No, we, we keep that drum. We have, the drum is what keeps us going. So what I found in Gagos, the minute, I mean, I almost ran for that photo. Right. When I saw all the people and they were handing out food and they were cooking in this kitchen and it was a real good, strong collective in a very old school, young lord's tradition. Of, of, of helping each other exactly. in the community. Yeah. And so uh, that photo you mentioned is, is this young boy who's, you know, uh, in a wheelchair. You know, he's, he's physically challenged. He can't move his hands. He can't do that. But he's, he can hear and he can see yeah. and he can smile. And he can smile. And so music became something very important to bring up the spirits of the people because we're all traumatized and all down and everybody's feeling the same effects of, of the storm. No power, no water, no food, you know, no health needs. So, you know. Do you remember who was playing that day and the Salsa Conference? Uh, one of the musicians, um, La Tribu de Pirulo. Uh, there was a younger guy with the dreadlocks. Yes, I do remember. I love we him do have photographs. We do have we do have him on stage and his energy was fantastic. I remember you were with me when I asked him a question. I told him, "What do you say when the rest of the world is saying that Puerto Rico is in economic stress?" And he said and he said, "What part of the world isn't in economic distress?" And I was like, "What a great answer." Yeah, because great. we were like, "Oh, oh, Puerto Rico is in so much distress and what horrible situation." It's like I mean, except for a very few countries, most of the world right now is in economic distress. But more importantly, it's in emotional distress because we're living through a very, very messed up time with the presidency. Um, so music as an antidote. I wanted to uh, ask you one, one, one last question. It's just that I couldn't... I, so when I saw your, your, um, the piece that you did with Ed Morales, a wonderful young writer and scholar that I admired also, um, the piece was called um, Puerto Rico in the Darkness. Um, and, you know, I don't know how the selection process was, but then I looked at the photos on... Oh, there it is, there it is, Puerto Rico in the Dark. So, if you look at the photos that 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 was that were printed in the New York Times, I realized very few of them were actually in the dark. But then I said to myself, "Wow, this is a powerful metaphor. It's not about Puerto Rico's lack of electric power. It's Puerto Rico's lack of power. Period." And this photo showed that rawness of Puerto Rico's lack of representation, of Puerto Rico's lack of power. Um, and I don't mean power in the sense of, that's a great photo. I don't mean that we don't have power as a community. I mean that our power, our political um, cloud has diminished over the years because of many factors. Among them, you know, the Jones Act, whatever has kept us economically um, 
and the stress, the circular migration have made people vote less in either mainline US or in on the island. So I would just kept thinking, wow, uh, what a what a great great metaphor. Um, right now we have representatives in Congress, you know, Serrano, Velasquez, Gutierrez. We have the Supreme Court's justice. We have art artists like Pepo Nosorio. We have literary legends like Ana Lidia Vega. Um, we have Lin Manuel Miranda. All of them advocating for Puerto Rico, but yet we get very little help. Um, I wanted to talk to you about that precisely. What can we do, in your opinion, to actually start getting Puerto Rico to gain clout again? What can we do as a community to start having a better representation so they see us more? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, personally for me, that's that's the calling. That's the calling for for me. You know, while I uh, have my legs and my strong back, I will continue to document and produce as much as I possibly can to get it out there while I have this voice. Because, you know, these photos eventually. Uh, will be in the Library of Congress as a sense of history. And so, for exactly. at least for our children, um, we, for record, uh, for public record, you know, we will have something that's there that hopefully will be honest and truthful. Puerto Rican Lament, this project that comes out precisely to give us that voice that we lack right now, or that is not lacking, is developing. Let's call it developing because, we, like you said, there's tons of great artists, photographers, writers on the island, on mainland, in the world, and actually we've not, seems like we've all come together with a purpose. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so now this, this, this voice is developing. Tell me more about your contribution to that global voice for Puerto Rico. Um, I, 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 you know, we, we put together this website with uh, Foto Fisora and uh, with Adina and Teresa because we felt there was a sense of urgency to... Uh, to put these images out there and give 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 this story or give the island a different spin and give people a little sense of the humanity behind the crisis. And that's what I'm good at. You know, I'm a humanist, so I care about people of the world, but most importantly, I care about my people right now. And so I think it's, it's, it is, it's, I mean, to be very honest with you, I am not sleeping every night until I get back to the work. So, you know, there are many people, and, you know, and I've got the comforts of heat and, and electricity and water and, and all the other comforts, but, you know, psychologically, I'm in that traumatic space with them, you know, of what it must be like day to day. What are, what are you doing? You know, one of the things, and maybe this week we could close it up with this, because um, I know that every time that we came from an assignment such as this one, you know, when I came back from Haiti, you've come back from many countries uh, after much worse situations or different traumas. Um, what are you doing to take care of you? And um, love. Yourself? Love in my life. Uh, <laughs> again... <laughs> The music, you know, all day long. I mean, my neighbors complain, <laughs> but, you know, salsa's all day long here. 
whether it's old, new, charanga, it doesn't matter. It's just all very much a part that I feel connected to the island. The other way I keep connected is I go up to El Barrio a lot. You know, I'm, I'm working with a family that I reconnected with after 30 years, the Rodriguez family, which is part Whoa, of the... Oh, yeah, part yeah, of, yeah, of part, course. Part of the... Uh, of the uh, uh, of the uh, El Barrio book, Spanish Harlem in the 80s. And so, you know, they give me balance. They give me solace because they struggle. They, they're, they're struggling just trying to sort of feed their families and stay healthy. And so, and they honor the work that we're doing down there and it's for the people. So, you know, um, that gives me solace. That helps me get through my own trauma. And also my wife, who's always there for me, so and uh, always there telling me to push forward, even when I kind of lose it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, loving our lives, music in our ears, and working hard to get us in a place in the world that we deserve to be. And this is it for today's episode of Catatonia. Thank you. For listening, thank you to Adrian Bridges for engineering the sound of the podcast, to Kim Silent for the art, to Joaquin Cardoso for his assistance, and uh, to Joseph Rodriguez for allowing us to come into his home and share his experiences with us. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>